shall we lift up our voice and thank God for the words of the song you are singing. Thank God for the words of the song that you are singing. I can hear your thanks. That song tells it all. We worship you, Jesus. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' holy name we are worshipped. Turn to some beside you and welcome them in the name of the Lord. You are very welcome this morning. Let's take our seats in the heavenly places. I feel like get, get me the other uh, podium you took away and put it there for me, please. Well, I'm so glad that um, we are advancing every day. Step by step, Christ with Tabernacle is moving forward. Little by little, we are gaining ground. Today is the 55th day of our prayer. Amen. (laughs) If you have been missing it, don't feel guilty. Join us tomorrow. It is not good enough for you to be feeling guilty before God all the time because you are not doing what God has instructed. This 90 days is an instruction from heaven. I brought um, Pastor Abuaba to share with you the testimony he had when he first joined this church. At the time he joined this church, during the period when he was still very young in the church, not young in age, I mean young as in the membership. God told me that we should lead to 90 days of prayer. Because it's not what I hear all the time. In the history of, 26th history of this church, I don't think we have done it probably three times in 26 years. Because when God says he will do it, when God told us to do it, because he is uh, new, he has not been used to the anointing. <laughs> like some of you are. Apostle is a party. <laughs> Rather than you to recognize and differentiate between your friend and your apostle. <laughs> a man who differentiates between me as a friend or father to you and an apostle is a man when I speak of God, you're wrong with it. It's easy for you to miss it when we get too used to one another. He took it religiously and something was going on in his office. At that time, a man who is a senior ganged up with others to remove him from office. They have set the plan, and the plan was perfectly to be, you know, implemented. Okay? But during the 90 days, God spoke suddenly one of the weeks, and he went back to his office, and what happened was that his office is a subcontractor office under J.P. Morgan. His company is a subcontractor of J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan employed his company that employed him. So the head of J.P. Morgan just came to him and said that, we want to employ you. That was the beginning of the demonstration of the gallow of Haman. Okay? Those things we read in the Bible are typical of what God is doing in our lives today, if you can be faithful. And what happened eventually was that they employed him and told him, don't tell your your office. So when they employed him, about a week, it's it's not a long process interview. Interview straight away and they employed him. They now paid him some amounts. After some time, they called him back and said that, no, 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 we won't have paid you. We will increase your salary. Do you know why 
the office that he has to resume. He, he resigned in this company who was trying to molest him one week. And the following week, they found him back in that building. But now in the office of the company that employed that company. Now he is now in charge of the company that will have sacked him. So the first day he called meeting for all the leaders of that company to come. They came into his room and found him on the table. Now when you somebody was under you and you are planning to destroy him and telling him, validating him, and suddenly, less than one month, the person resigned, you came back to the office and found out that they called for a meeting, a higher authority called for a meeting. When you reported, you reported to that man who worked under you. What do you do? They resigned, two of them by themselves straight away. They resigned instantly. I would mean that. I'm saying that to you to recognize that when God tells us to do something in church, you must do religiously because rain does not fall 365 days of the year. It has a season when it finishes. If you put, if you, if you carry your bowl out when there is no rain, you gather air. So is God. God does not change for anybody. And God is not a respecter of man. When God instructs, he wants to be respected by you doing it. So if you have not been coming to the 90 days, I'm telling you that you still have how many days to go? Uh, today is 55 days. So how many days do we have from 90? 35. So you still have more than 30 days. Don't miss it. Another thing that has happened in this church is that this church has moved on. You know, in CFT church, we do not ordain people because we want to pacify you, give you a pacifier. No, 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 no. You have to prove your calling. Okay? And I told you, I will calling you one after the other without telling you, including my ordained leaders, I will call them too within this period to the end of February. I will just say that, Pastor, come and tell me what God should tell Tell each other what God taught you today or this week. So that you will not have to prepare for someone. I don't want ministers who prepare for someone. I want ministers who are ready in season and out of season. You remember that um, we are dealing about Jesus Christ, isn't it? I told you to read about Jesus Christ, didn't I? I cannot hear amen, no. Uh-huh. So if you are a deacon or deaconess, the fact is that you will be proving your deaconship and deaconessship by me just calling you and telling you to come and share with each other. You have to because you are an ordained leader. Now, for the members, I won't tell you to. I will just call you to come and share something because we are all being trained for the harvest that is coming. And a child of God must know everything about Jesus. Okay, so on Friday we had two of our members who, who came in to, to share with us and it was explosive. I tell you, I will not do better than what they have done. Maybe I even may not be able to do as good as what they have done because I help you to understand is that when God speaks to us, we hear in part and we know in part. The part that I can download is different from the part you will download. So those of you who have been in this church for months, uh, for years and stuff like that, look, if you are still in the shore of any time you come to service, you just come. We have left you behind. <laughs> we leave Sunday service for you. Those who are really seeking God, come in the day. Did the Bible say so? Look at the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. So I'm saying this before everybody because as a father of the house, all, all members of the family must know how does apostle appoint leadership. 
so that someone cannot complain to you, I've been in this church for 25 years, they didn't appoint me as a leader. You will tell him that where were you when he called the 90 days? Are we together now? We agree, don't we? Uh-huh. Yes. If you want to lead my people, you have to be me in entirety. And I will tell you something within that is, that is common between me and Christ. I will tell you today because that's what I will share with you. And then we'll stop today. If any member stops you anytime and asks you any question in the Bible, you should be able to answer most of the questions, if not all. Look at the book of Acts chapter 2. Shall we read from verse 42 together, please? Yes. Stop. What is devotion to? So that's your first challenge. What I teach you, you religiously devote yourself to it. If you don't, you are left behind. You know, on Friday, I wanted to anoint people on Friday. And I've told you, excited and happy, prepared myself to come. But when we came here on Friday, God moved in a different dimension. And I could not do the anointing. But you know, I said something among you when I was talking that, look, if I lay hands on you, it does not guarantee manifestation. If anybody tells you under heaven, that if I can lay my hands on you, you are guaranteed the manifestation. That person is a devil. He's a liar. Because deep calls to deep. Okay? The reason why those who are not Christians get healed in a, in a crusade quicker is because they haven't known the minister before. So as far as they are concerned, the first time you met me, the way you felt, that's the way they feel. That look, this is a man of God, and I believe God. So because of the faith, they draw. Okay? But when you become a Christian for some time with God, you'll get used to God. Gradually. Alright? Now, so, those in church, the problem with them is that many of them is that for unction to flow from me into you, your faith level must rise to the same level. But your faith level will rise to the same level if you religiously follow what I teach. If you don't follow what I teach, I may put my two hands and lift up my two legs and hit it on you. You will only feel pain. <laughs> that pain may look like power, but it's no power. Nothing has gone into you at all. I cannot help you because you have not helped yourself. You see, spiritual principles are rigid like the laws of the nation is. The only difference between it and the laws of nation is that laws of nation can be changed. But spiritual principle can never be changed. Okay. So, for you to get anything out of me, you must obey my teaching. This is how I got what I got from my own fathers. Devotion to the teaching of the apostle. If you are not, you are joking. Second thing is, devotion to what? Fellowship. Fellowship is every time we meet. 90 days. We have been praying for 55 days. You may live locally and you are playing away. Are we together? People come from far distance. Their prayers have been answered before the 45 days. Miracles, manifestations have happened to them. Why you are still fasting and praying and get nothing? Because it's not fasting and praying. God is asking you. It's devotion to what I teach you. Each time we come, God teaches something. And when God teaches something that's an illumination, an addition to what you already know, this knowledge is what, what, what amounts to success. Satan doesn't want you and I to do that. 
But everybody has something you are devoted to in your life. Okay? There's a part of a man that devotes to something. Now, it is easy for Satan to make you and I devote to useless things. But when it comes to God, we will struggle. Because he's behind it. Practically behind it. But what God wants to achieve in this house is that you beat that. That trick of the devil, you don't allow that to catch you. He has caught enough human beings who are frustrated in the world. Okay? We want to prove God right. By serving him right. Many Christians have problems and even some of them get confused. Because they don't serve God right. I told you last Sunday, I brought out this young man here. You know? It started from him. Without telling him that um, he's going to share the word of God. Come, 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 come. You know, Brother Stephen. His name is Stephen. Ah, the Bible says God worked miraculous signs and wonders through the hand of Stephen. You see, he has opened his book. I'm not even asking to come and read now. He has opened his book. He will teach you what he learned. Come, come close to me here. This young man, how old are you? I'm 12. 12. When Jesus was 12, he went to the temple and he confused ministers by his knowledge of the word of God. When I was 12, the same thing happened to me. When I was 12, God was revealing to me the life of elders, their secret life. It opened visions. And I called my father and tell my father, one of them, one of them, the wife committed adultery by their, their messenger, servant. The man was sent by U.S. government to America for a course. And the wife slept with their messenger and conceived. Okay? The man arrived three months after. No, two months after. All right? When he slept with the messenger, she conceived. The second month, the man arrived. And the man, the woman went to my parents secretly, weeping. That this is what I did. I'm having guilt. I'm having guilt. But I'm conceived now. And they said to her that you must not kill the child, because that is even more sin. Okay? To abort is murder. It's not manslaughter. It is murder. Okay, so what do we do now? You have conceived to a messenger of your husband. And the man came, the man did not know. So the man, a month after, saw that the woman was bloating. Ah, what's wrong? He said, I'm conceived. But she didn't, tell, she didn't tell him where the conception came from. At the age of 12, I'm telling you, with Alfred Williams. Okay? So, the man now took that pregnancy believing it's his own. But, the Lord revealed to me, at 12, the act, I saw both of them on the bed when they did the nonsense. I saw her conceive. Okay? I saw her give birth to a son. Listen to me. Having given birth to a son when the boy was 12, no, when the boy was 12 or 13, the man discovered and the man kicked the woman out. That's the vision I saw at 12. The man kicked the boy out until the age from yeah 13 until the age of 19 and i saw myself at 19 bringing the family together when the boy was 19 
Okay. I saw myself bringing the family together. And I told, called my father and my mother. I had a vision. And they said what? And I told them the details. My mother put her hand on her head. Because nobody knows. And my parents said that they were looking for the time they will call the man. They want the child to be born. The child to be celebrated. Then they will call the man and call the wife and tell the wife, confess to your husband. Okay? Now God showed it to a boy. So they called the woman. They come. She came. And they told the woman, I should tell her what I saw. I love boys like this. They are the ones I will hand over to. You know something? That's why I say that I will put my life to invest in these kids. They don't know anybody than me from the day they were born. Go and take your seats, please. But every adult should behave like them. All what I saw at 12 happened to the family. Because he didn't tell the man. The man found out at 13 of that boy. The boy was stealing and misbehaving. And the man said that a child born by me cannot have this kind of behavior. And then he began to investigate. And in his investigation, prophet told him the same thing I saw at 12. And the man sat the wife down and said, tell me, this child is not my child. And the boy grew to have the feature of the messenger. You see that messenger, let me tell you something about that messenger. This man took that messenger, employed him as a messenger. Then he sent him to university. And the messenger qualified. And he got him a job in Central Bank of Nigeria. And the messenger became eventually director of Central Bank. This man did all that for him. But at the time that it happened, the man had sent the boy to university. At the time that it happened, the man got him the job in the central bank. Because he was working with Arrow Wilson. You know, if you know who Arrow Wilson, if you don't know, go and Google it. So, but what I'm saying to you is this. There is great benefit in you devoting yourself to what I teach you. And there is great benefit devoting yourself to fellowship. If you are sick, they don't see you in church. They will not know you are not in church because you are not always there. That is not a good story. If you are always there, if they don't see you, they will ask of you. The same thing those of you who have ordained as leaders. You cannot come and lead people who attend regularly and they don't find you. It's not possible. I won't do that. I will appoint those among themselves who are regular to lead themselves. Am I not fair? You know? (laughs) So therefore, it says they devoted to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That is the only salvation any Christian has. If those Christians say that I don't have any manifestation, I don't even know whether this Christianity works. Uh, I've told you, if you think like that, hell is terrible. I will talk to you more about hell in the new month. <laughs> it is terrible. <laughs> it's not a place your enemy should go. And Satan tactically take people to hell. You just think that you are the one thinking. You know, but if you think, uh, if you apply the, the principle of critical thinking, you recognize that a student in university cannot just say that, you know. 
I don't think I believe in this university anymore. Don't. You will be garbage collector. When others are becoming directors of banks and controlling wealth, your conviction will lead you into trash. But you see them driving better cars and, uh, you know, honored in the, in the nation. They can afford big comforts. You will be there with your belief, suffering. But either you like it or not, you serve under them. So is God. To say that God does not work, serve him as he has risen. <laughs> then if you now say that where it doesn't work, then we believe that. But it's impossible. <clears throat> because if you serve God as the Bible says, he works automatically. You don't need to pray for it. Devote yourself to prayer. It works. It works. Devote yourself to fellowship. It works. Somebody who does not attend other people's ceremony wants people to attend the ceremony. Is that correct? Is that right? Oh, yes, it's not right. When people are doing things, you don't give them gifts. And when you are doing things, you are expecting robust gifts from them. Can you read from where did it so? <laughs> Forget it. When they needed you, they called you, were not there to help. And you now need help. You expect them to come? Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. And it says that everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by who? <clears throat> the apostles. Now let's see verse 44 together. Shall we read it together, please? All the believers. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And let's read it again. Every Sunday, every Friday, every Wednesday. So then what I'm telling you is how, if you want to serve God proper, that's the way it is. How many of you go to work once in a week and you earn six figures? I will tell you that before you get there, you must have worked eight days a week. You know that it's only seven days. To get to that place, you work eight days a week. And after I work eight days for a week for years... There are some people in the city. In their office is their wardrobe. Okay? They come to office. Sometimes they can't go home. They don't live in London. People like them. They may be living in Hall and they're working in London. <laughs> they live in some jungles where you have so many acres of land and ranches and stuff. But, and their money is beastly. But what happens is that they will, they will work. They will have clothes and stuff. Sometimes for for five days they can go home, working day and night, 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 and that pattern will go for years. Then they become what they call partner. Then they become partner. They can work twice in the office in a week, and at that time they are making millions. But before they get there, they have been sleepless for years. Some of them lose their marriage, especially those in legal practice. They lose their marriage because at the beginning to to prove yourself and establish your career, you know, you only you need an enduring wife or enduring husband, or else they'll be suspecting you that you are going somewhere whereas you're in the office. Abimeko. Have I just said spoken in tongues now? I'm getting ready for my crusade in Nigeria next month. So Therefore, understand that the principles of God is just basic. It is easy, it is basic, but it's truthful, and it's a fact. They went to church daily. 
Alright, so today now the message. That one I was just discussing with you. <clears throat> Let me <laughs> Let us play now. What are the seven things I told you that you should learn about Jesus Christ? Number one, someone just mentioned anything. The teaching of Jesus, yes. Somebody tell me one of the teachings. Huh? Beatitudes. Where is the Beatitudes? And what does it say, the first one? Blessed are who? Okay, so don't look at the Bible. All of you, close your Bible. So, if you don't know the beginning of Beatitudes, I give all of you assignments. Go and Google. (laughs) Oh my. Google the Beatitudes. Because, thank God for Google. (laughs) You will find it there. Google. This afternoon, Google the Beatitudes. Tomorrow you meet me at 6. All of you. And then we will deal with the Beatitudes. Alright? What is the second thing I taught you? I said you should look for. Eh? Healing what? The healing means of Jesus Christ. Tell me one healing that you remember. It's the, he healed the, paraly- the paralytic. How? Which kind of paralytic? Which one of them? Hmm? By the pool of Beth- Bethesda. Where is it? <laughs> all right, all of you, go and look for the pool of Bethesda, <laughs> because this is this is the name of your church. Uh, if you don't know that, I mean, I will ask you whether you are a member of of CFT Bethesda Building. <laughs> this is Bethesda Building. So all of us will read about healing of the. The paralytic, or you call him cripple, or you call him invalid. In Bethesda. And that's John chapter 5, they told us. Yeah, what else did that say you study? They what? So tell me about one deliverance ministry of you. You see, those of you are looking at me. You can imagine you are in the university and the lecturer gave you an assignment for th- how many days now? About 20, 24 days. And you haven't done it at all. Are we getting what I'm saying? Come on now, talk to me. Aha, good. Alright, so, deliverance ministry of Jesus. Which one is it? Which one do you remember? Mark 5. What happened there? The madman. Okay, you see, the madman of God, and we even discussed that in the week. For the deliverance ministry of Jesus Christ, we talk about madness. Go and check in the Bible, every madman Jesus heals. And we talk about it tomorrow. How many assignments have I given you? In one. <laughs> Alright, what else does you should live by Jesus? Private and domestic life. Someone tell me Jesus' private life that you remember. No, that is his social life. His private life. No, no, it's not prayer. Private life. I visited my friend. It's my private life. I talk to my brothers. It's my private life. Eh? Mother-in-law of Peter. He went to visit them. Okay. Go and Google mother-in-law of Peter. 
I'm telling you where it is. <laughs> Thank God for Google. So, Mother in law, Peter, whether what happened to, what happened in that place, you went to eat Pandadiam, anything that you feel you discover, we'll talk about it. How many assignments have I given you now? Okay, what else did we say about Jesus? Social life of Jesus Christ. What is the social life? Marriage that came and he went to party. Jesus went to party. Now, one, you go check when Jesus went to party, what Jesus danced. He danced, he danced, and tell me what really he did in that party. I was together now. He was a party man. He went to party. Like, you go to party, I go to party. Jesus also went to party. Now, you go check for me. What did Jesus do in the party? Was he dancing, dancing Michael Jackson? <laughs> Break dance. What did he do there, really? <laughs> okay, so, go on Google. Jesus went to party. And he will tell you, yeah, this Google will do something. He will just say all the download of what happened in the party. And then we talk about it when? Tomorrow! <laughs> Everything is tomorrow. What hell did I tell you? To study? Spiritual life. Mm-mm. So tell me about the spiritual life of Jesus. Huh? Luke chapter what? Oh, he went to the mountain to pray. Now, go check for me how many times did Jesus go to the mountain. Are we together? I can't hear you here, here. How many times Jesus went to the mountain? And what did he go to do there? And why did he go there? And what happened thereafter? Yes? Then what's the last thing? The promises of Jesus. Now, you know something for my ordained leaders? I will test you on this. If you don't know it, I will disrobe you for a while. Yes, I'm serious. You will sit with me for a while. All ordained leaders. I will test you on this thing. If you don't get it, I will disrobe you for a while. Because it's most important For you to represent Jesus, if you don't know him, what representation are you representing? I would get it now. It's a very, very serious matter. It's jocular or jokingly, but it's still serious. I would get it now. So it is a matter of mandate, not a matter of option. We have no option. We have no option. We have no option. And I really say this to the ministers. I will say it to them in cathedral. And remind me the third service. Those of you who are ministers, deacons, deaconesses, leaders, pastors, evangelists, everything. These seven areas, when I stop you across the road and I say, tell me about Jesus' spiritual life. You must be able to regurgitate something right there and tell me the facts of the matter. That is the story itself. And you tell me what you learned from it. I will together. You stop me to and ask me. I must deliver the same thing. Of course. You know, when, we were, when I was asking from the, from the members that tell me what's read about Jesus Christ, they told a story. They told me this. And I never opened the Bible. I have to explain what they have spoken. And also have to correct when one of them said that he, she read about a, a, a mad person, a mad boy healed by Jesus. Instantly I said that, no, he's not a mad boy. He's an epileptic boy. And the person said that no, he's a lunatic. And I understood instantly that King James Version, you know, 
recorded the story as a lunatic, but the evidence of the story is epileptic in the same King James. So I have to help all, help them understand that it's not lunatic because let's look at the word lunatic. What does it mean in English grammar? And we look that it is somebody who is mentally derailed. That's what the English Oxford Dictionary calls lunatic. But then that subtitle says lunatic, but the fact of the story says the boy was foaming in his mouth. And we know that when people are foaming in the mouth, it's evidence of epilepsy. So I had to tell them that in this translation, you better lean on the side of NIV. So if I don't know the story, I will not be able to help understand, help the people who read it to understand. <coughs> and your reason for being a Christian is to know the truth, fact first, before you talk about application of what you know. I would together now. So I expect every other leader to be like that. Aha, uh-huh. we have done good. How many assignments did I give you then? Come on, talk to me. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. I have five more minutes to go. I gave you seven assignments. Because the last one is what? You tell me where the promises are. What did Jesus promise you? Who can tell me the best of the promise that Jesus promised us? The most, yes? He was saying, Holy Spirit, that's not the most promise. Eh? That is not the most promise. Eh? Yes! <laughs> he said, I'm going to the Father and I will come back and take you so that where I am, you will be. That's it. You see, to have eternal life, to have Holy Spirit, the end of matter is that Jesus will take you back to himself. He said, I go to my Father to prepare a place for you. Okay? He's the only one who promised that. So now I will come back for you and I will take you to where I am. <clears throat> so go and look for where it is. Google it. How many Google is Googling now? Seven Googles. Now let me just give you this. Write this down very quickly and I will teach you more in the week on this. Because this is the last week about the ministry of Jesus Christ. My concern is what? Jesus was a total man. On earth, it wasn't God. Because the Bible says he left all that is of God in him, in heaven, and put on the image and the appearance of total man. And one of the things I've been researching that has been helping me in my spiritual life is what is the secret of Jesus Christ? Why should God empower him so much? He was total man. Okay? Someone can say that boy, he was born by Virgin Mary. That is the order of things for him to be born. But he did not use that in his humanity. He totally disconnected himself. That's the reason why he prayed to the Father and he asked for the Father's will to be done. To set an example for us. And um, I found out that the reason why God empowered Jesus so much is all in the Bible, which we can fall in line. Number one, Jesus did everything according to the will of the Father. You may write that down. We'll look at the detail. Jesus did everything according to the will of the Father. He always seeks the will of the Father to do it. John 5, 19. As I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing. Which means that Jesus always seeks the Father's uh, will in every occasion. Remember uh, Brother Tamara, Kamara, 
reminded us on Friday that in the video that look, Apostle says something that if you can always ask yourself in every situation, how would Jesus handle this? Okay? Or how would Jesus react? Before you react, you will never make mistake. But you cannot know how Jesus would have handled it if you have not read about him. And you have really studied him. I would get it now. Second thing, second question. Jesus said, you know, I, I do everything, you know, I can do nothing except what I see the Father doing. Okay. Second thing is that why did the Father show Jesus everything? Why would Jesus just be shown everything by the Father? Suddenly he must have been a choice son. Very obedient son, isn't it? The Bible says in John 5.20, The Father loves the Son and shows him John 5.20. The Father loves the Son and shows him all what he does. So the reason why the Father shows Jesus everything is because the Father loves Jesus. So why should the Father love Jesus? <laughs> Above everybody. I would gather now. <clears throat> John 10.17 says, The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life. You see? Because he laid down his life. And how can we also attain this kind of love with the Father? Can we? Yes. The first thing we need to do for the Father to love us so dearly is John twelve twenty four to 26. We have to die to ourselves. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wood dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose, lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Are we seeing some secret there? Come on, church. Okay. Then he went further to say, whoever serves him must follow me. Not follow your instinct. Not follow, in quote, men of God. Hmm? I was listening to a message yesterday. I think I will have paid it for it uh, to the hocha, but a lot of part of it is nonsense. But the idea is sensible. A minister from Zimbabwe, no? From Zimbabwe, not Zimbabwe, not Malawi. Another Central African country that is not Kenya. Kenya is very Mo, Mozambique. It's a pity for me. You know why it's a pity for me? I should know every country in Africa. I'm just like a Londoner. They don't know anywhere in England except London. <laughs> you mention some villages in England, they will say, what, what, what? God deliver us. He was talking about ministers who are called men of God. People call them men of God. And as a man of God in his country, I think, but I'm Zambique, what of this stuff? And that man of God was a bishop, of course, to an apostle. But then he has slept with ten women in his church and has re they have given birth to children and they are all in the church. 
And the wife knew it. And the wife was afraid to speak until it became ten women. And she spoke out. So they asked her, why didn't you speak? He said, but you know, it's the man of God. Touch not God's anointing. Yes. They brought some women who he slept with. Took them to the mountain that he would pray for them. They went to the mountain. He told them to strip themselves. They stripped themselves. And then he molested them. He abused them sexually. They asked them, why did you do that? He said, but he's the man of God. He's supposed to know. We believe that he knows more than us. To the place where they have been fooled. I'm saying that because I'm saying, Jesus said, whoever loves me will follow me. You don't follow people. That's why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's why I tell you, follow me as I follow Christ. Okay? If I beat my wife, don't follow that. Are you with me? Uh-huh. Ah, apostle does it and he gets away with it. If you do it, you will be trapped. So you must not follow any man under heaven, no matter what name they are called, in a conduct that is not Christ. That's what I'm telling you. Are you together now? And really, I will not go under a man who preaches something and does something else. He's not an instructor. He's a theorist. <clears throat> Even he's not up to a theorist. I am my, he says, I, I, and where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Did you see that? Jesus said it. My father will honor the one who serves me. You see, if I don't read any other thing to you, it's enough. I will read more in the week. Jesus says, whoever serves me must follow me. So when we call prayer meeting for 90 days, will Jesus be there? He says, whoever serves me will be where I am. Where are you? Where are you? Make life easy for yourself. Let's stand up and pray. Lord, I pray for this congregation who have heard my voice. And people who are hearing me right now live on the nets all over the world. That the knowledge of the truth be imparted into our spirits. That transforms our behavior into that of Jesus Christ, Son of God. In Jesus' holy name we are prayed. Amen. Shall we just take our seats, please?